your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So this week we've talked about Chuseok Syndrome, the stress surrounding the holiday. We've talked about the moon and some of the mythology surrounding that. What about the traditional rites, which, well, both tie into some of the spirituality surrounding the holiday, but also the stress given the immense amount of preparation that often goes into getting the food ready and uh, preparing to honour ancestors. Uh, some of these Chuseok customs can be traced back as early as the Shilla dynasty, uh, but the tradition of ancestral rituals is a relatively newer one, actually. Professor Donald Baker studies the cultural and religious history of Korea at the University of British Columbia in Canada, uh, where obviously we're already into afternoon, but here we are. Good morning to you from Seoul. Uh, good morning. I'm glad I'm not fighting that traffic on the highways. <laughs> yes, although, I've got to say, um, if you're actually in central Seoul, it's relatively quiet right now. It's uh, the eye of the storm that will later arrive here with that traffic heading back home. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. And Confucianism made its way from China. We had Neo-Confucianism strongly adopted in the mid to later uh, Joseon Dynasty period. How did uh, these... Confucianism uh, influences come to Korea to affect Chuseok, for example? Well, first of all, I think that even before Confucianism came to Korea, Koreans probably honored their ancestors uh, because that's, that's pretty common around the world. But Confucianism, and the first evidence we have of Confucianism coming to Korea is fourth century, but it became the dominant uh, philosophy in the uh, early the 15th century. Uh, it, it codified how you honor your ancestors on things like Chuseok. So basically what it did, it, uh, it created a more, more definitive notion of what kind of rituals uh, you had to perform and who could perform them. But it, it built on uh, the indigenous Korean respect for ancestors. I mean, j just to give um, a measure of just how seriously this was taken, I remember reading uh, an account of a, of a French uh, missionary priest in the late 19th century who described uh, the shock of early Christians here in Korea refusing to take part in these ancestral rites as akin to plucking out the eyes of locals who for, at that point, years had been carrying out these these rites. It, it, it had become such an important part of society, presumably. It definitely had. I mean, the previous dynasty in, in the Korea, people, some people cremated, uh, but uh, you had to, first of all, bury the bones of your ancestors in the Chosun Dynasty, and you had to erect a spirit tablet with their name written on it, and you would bow before that tablet at certain times of the year, like Chuseok. And the law code actually said if you did not have a tablet of your ancestor or if you destroyed the tablet, that was the same as murder. And so it was quite serious to, to do as the Catholics were supposed to do in Korea back then and remove the tablet. Uh, yeah. From their yeah, I mean, eventually the, the church... Um came to learn more about these ancestral rites and uh, Catholicism has found a, a happy <laughs> a relationship, if you like, with it. But still, uh, Christians in Korea today refuse to take part in these, in these rites. And in the earlier days, people were executed for it. Just again, just demonstrates the, the, the passion with which people held these, these rituals. What were they really believing was happening, though? And even today, what, what are people thinking when they lay out that food and when they remember their ancestors uh, at a spiritual level? 
If you talk to Confucian scholars back in the Joseon dynasty, uh, they would say that it was all about a filial piety. You, you didn't really think the spirits were there residing in the tablet. You were simply showing respect for those who gave you life, your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. But they also admitted that the peasants, the masses, believed that the spirits really came to enjoy the food. I would say in the 20 and 21st century, most Koreans don't think the ancestors really come to enjoy the food. They still see it as a way for the family to, to come together and affirm that they are family and to show respect for those to whom they owe their lives. But yet, even just eating on a normal day today, if I leave my spoon in a bowl of rice standing up, that's suddenly viewed with a little bit of uh, trepidation. Um, and there are certain other aspects of spiritual knowledge, if I would call it that here in Korea, a cultural legacy that, that I just noticed with Korean friends and family. Even if they don't believe in the spirits themselves, certainly there are rituals that that come into daily life. That, that there's a strong legacy there still. Oh, definitely, very definitely. And uh, one of the interesting things about Korea is you mentioned the Christians don't want to have a spirit tablet, but they have a modified form of the ritual without a spirit tablet. So even the people who don't have a spirit tablet in modern Korea, in South Korea anyway, feel the need to have some kind of ritual shows of respect for their ancestors which we don't do much in the, in the Western world. We, we respect them. We don't have ritual ways of showing that. And, and you, at the start of this interview, referred to all that traffic. That ties into this as well, because of this business of going back to your often paternal hometown. Can you tell us how that plays into it? First of all, it's going to be a paternal hometown, because that's what started when Confucianism really became the dominant philosophy in the Joseon dynasty. Before that, people looked to both their paternal and maternal ancestors as practically equal. But under influence of Confucianism, which is very patriarchal, maternal ancestors became much less important. So you go to the, you go to the, your paternal ancestor's tomb, and of course, if you can get away from Seoul early enough, or your relatives there, you have to clean off the tomb. That just obviously over the summer, a lot of grass is growing on top of it, so you clean it off, and then the family gets there and they they bow before the tomb to show respect for the people who are buried there, who gave them life. Once upon a time, presumably, people didn't venture quite as far as they they do today. Uh, and you wouldn't have seen these uh, chaotic scenes of millions of cars on the roads, clearly. But but still, uh, people must have made that pilgrimage back for, for centuries. They did. Because in traditional Korea, most people didn't live more than a two-hour walk. And they never went more than a two-hour walk from their village, so the tombs would be nearby. But obviously, uh, government officials uh, would feel compelled to go back to their hometown if they were working in Seoul to honor their ancestors at certain times of the year. You know, that's, that's just what you do. Uh, yeah. It's... More than in Taiwan, by the way, or in China, Koreans have have a much stronger sense of having to have this ritual show of respect than you see in the rest of East Asia. That's also an interesting point. But um, how did we see these rights change accordingly then, um, the the role of the first son of a family, for example? Again, that's Confucianism. In in the Kodiya dynasty, any son could do it. Daughters could, could, could be in charge of the ritual. The ritual could be held at a Buddhist temple. But under Confucianism, Confucianism had this jushi, what man really brought together Neo-Confucianism in China, or there's something called the family rituals, which Koreans took as def- definitive guidelines. So it said that the eldest son of each generation had to be responsible for the ritual. Women did not play a part in the ritual at all, except for preparing the food. Uh, the eldest son would lead, and the younger sons would then bow with him. But it had to be the eldest son. The eldest son by a legitimate wife. Remember, the, the nobility, the young man in Joseon times often had a, a 
a legitimate wife, but also several other women with whom they fathered children. Those children from the secondary wife were off on the side. Had to be the son from the legitimate wife, the eldest son, leading this ritual. And that took about two centuries uh, to really take root in Korea, start after the Sosun dynasty was founded and tried to implement it. The Koreans resisted it at first. I know of families where today men and women do cook together, but there are still many, many cases where women uh, might feel enslaved in the kitchen around the, the Chuseok period. How, how far does modernity and the gender equality push that comes with it threaten these rights to, to change them again, to, to, you know, to create a new tradition for the future? I think they're definitely changing. I mean, Koreans still still the need. 85% of Koreans, the figures I've seen, still have some kind of ritual way of, of honoring their ancestors. But obviously, as you mentioned, things have changed. Women now bow along with their brothers. Men often help prepare some of the ritual food. I have bowed to my wife's ancestors <laughs> while she was, of course, in the kitchen cooking. Um, and so things are changing. And just like the way the Christians have created these new rituals, which do not have a spirit tablet, which involve reading Christian, uh, chanting Christian prayers rather than reading something from a Confucian classic. So the ritual will change. It'll be more egalitarian with men and women both being able to take part. And also you have the problem that in many cases, an eldest son has left Korea and moved to North America or Europe to work. And so then you have to have a younger son take charge, or in some cases a daughter. Uh, and so necessity has created changes uh, in the ritual, but nevertheless, the idea that you have a ritual way of bringing the family together to honor ancestors still seems very, very strong, and even in 21st century Korea. Professor Baker, thank you so much for taking the part, time uh, and part in our interview this morning. Good talking with you. Professor Donald Baker from the University of British Columbia, who knows Chuseok firsthand as well as through the history books. You can share your thoughts with us on Facebook. That's another way to get in touch. Search TBS EFM this morning.